Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hello, soy Fua, and welcome to the world in sport. I'm Moratuila Ever Taylor. This week, the Samoa Rugby Union believes hosting the All Blacks was money well spent. Tonga battled back to beat Canada 28-18 in the Pacific Nations Cup Rugby Test and the new stars of tennis in the Pacific. Who are they? But first... The Samoa Rugby Union hopes to appoint a new National Sevens coach by the end of the week. Eight people were interviewed by an independent panel, with 29 having initially applied for the vacancy. Among the candidates is interim coach Fata Ali Milovale, former Fijian Sevens coach Waisale Sirevi, former Manu Samoa International Mualia Ngatele Brian Lima, and 2010 World Series winning playmaker Wale Mai. SRU Chief Executive Officer Fale Omavanga Vincent Fipulua'i says the main goal is qualifying for next year's Rio Olympics. A whole lot of sevens tournaments being uh, on uh, locally over the, the next few months and uh, the players who have uh, actually been working through a high-performance unit are still in condition at the moment and uh, hopefully their uh, person who will uh, come on board will uh, have a look not only in players in Samoa but players who are... Uh, willing to put their hand up, who are on contract overseas. SIU Chief Executive Officer Fale Omavanga Vincent Fipulua'i. We will hear more from him later on in the programme. The New Zealand Cricket All-Rounder Ground Elliot produced the innings of the day in the second warm-up match on their tour of South Africa. The Black Caps comfortably won this morning's game against the North West Cricket Club in Potschestrom by 114 runs. Elliot, a cult hero from this year's World Cup, blasted 54 runs from 33 balls, including four fours and three sixes. It's nice to, to get out there. I've played a lot of, I've been on a diet of T20 cricket in, in England, so it's nice to bat a little bit of time. And it's always good to, to spend time in the middle before you, you go into a one-day series. The Black Caps bowled out for 267 in the last of their 35 overs. They play their first one-day international against Zimbabwe on Sunday in Harare. And finally, Silver Ferns coach Waimarama Tumanu says her side still has plenty of work to do if they're to win next month's Netball World Cup. New Zealand beat South Africa 67-28 at Trust Serena in Auckland Tuesday night to win the Taney Jameson Trophy Series and go unbeaten in their three matches against Fiji and the Proteas. However, Tumanu concedes they'll need to improve if they're to beat reigning champions Australia at the World Cup. Our offensive penalty count was fairly high. It was great having um, some Australian umpires because we'll get quite a few of those at World Cup. So that's something we do need to work on. We've still got our defenders reaching a little bit in a game. Easy penalties that we need to take out of our game. Silver Ferns coach Waimarama Tamanu. 
The Samoa Rugby Union believes hosting the All Blacks was money well spent despite facing a loss of more than 536,000 US dollars. Chief Executive Officer Fale Omavenga Vincent Fupulua'i confirmed the figure to Vinnie Wiley after listing the union's expenses, including training camps, player allowances, travel and accommodation. We're working right through with all our sponsors and stakeholders. We haven't really finalised the details with our finance at this point in time but if we look at the overall uh, picture from the SIU point of view we're very happy with the situation of having had the OPEX come to Samoa. It has done wonders for the economy of Samoa and at the same time with the broadcast to the outside world has been a very good exercise for promoting Samoa. And in terms of those costs that were incurred I guess you know having the team in camp for an extended period of time irrespective of the All Blacks it's a World Cup year it's a huge year and you know, big opportunities if the Manu Samoa team can do well. So, you know, part of those things were, I guess, required anyway. Absolutely. Most of the costs are associated with our own team having to come in uh, a little bit earlier to prepare for this test match. But at the same time, we're looking at the long haul down the road, which is the rugby World Cup. From our point of view, I think we've left no cost spared to prepare our team. And also good stepping to start with the All Blacks and to see where we were. At the start of the year, as you were planning this All Blacks test and before that match happened, did you have an idea that this might be the sort of figure that could be the loss? Was it always likely that you were going to lose money or did the figure come as a surprise? We were uh, looking at probably breaking even or uh, as such, but uh, we were expecting to earn a little bit more from broadcasting and uh, maybe as well uh, we would have got a bit more sponsorship. But uh, in saying that, I think in the long haul, I think uh, it was such a success that I think uh, we would expecting a little bit uh, more support now from uh, sponsorship wise in moving forward. Okay, so there's confidence or some indication there that your sponsors and the government as well possibly and your partners you know, may come to the party off the back of all this and you guys will get some support? Yes, absolutely. The success of the event, a lot of people were excited about the whole thing and surprisingly that everything went off well. And I think we're talking a lot more with uh, future sponsors and, and so forth as we speak. In terms of the uh, Sevens coaching job, obviously you're on the hunt for a new coach permanently. Uh, Milavale Moke was uh, at the Pacific Games in Papua New Guinea. I, I saw him there in Port Moresby and, and he, you know he's applied and obviously there's been talk of a lot of high-profile candidates such as uh, Brian Lemar and Wasali Sarevi, among others. Um, how, how many of you whittled that down to, and how far along is the process? The process was narrowed down uh, over the last couple of days, and uh, the candidates who have uh, shortlisted have been interviewed. Independent panel have gone away and uh, prepared their reports, so hopefully by the end of this week would, uh, there will be a recommendation to the board, and uh, hopefully by the end of the week we'll know who the candidate would be. How many were on the shortlist? I think there was about eight people that was interviewed for the position in the end and not sure how many were overseas or locally been shortlisted and interviewed for the position, but definitely an appointment will be made uh, hopefully by the end of this week. Okay, and that uh, position, is? do you know how long that contract's going to be for? Well, it all depends who the person will be, and uh, I think the board is looking at appointing somebody who will take us right through over the next year or so priority for us at this point in time is to have the team prepared and qualify for the Rio Olympics. And were you happy with the quality of candidates for the role? 
Yes, absolutely. I think uh, there are some excellent candidates who have applied for the position and hopefully that the right person who will be appointed will hopefully take us through over the next 12 or two years in time to qualify for the Olympics as our immediate priority. What's the uh, build-up to that tournament looking like? Because uh, obviously you would have seen Australia have arranged uh, a few matches against New Zealand as preparation for that Oceania tournament. Uh, Does Samoa have anything lined up before they get to Auckland? Our focus right now at the moment in Samoa, there's a whole lot of sevens tournaments being uh, on uh, locally over the the next few months. And uh, the players who have uh, actually uh, been working through a high-performance unit are still in condition at the moment and uh, hopefully their uh, person who will uh, come on board will uh, have a look not only in players in Samoa but players who are uh, willing to put their hand up who are on contract overseas. Yeah, is it possible that Samoa could bring in some high-profile internationals in, in a way that obviously has been talked about with the likes of Australia and New Zealand uh, if they do manage to get through to Rio and I guess you know, if they were available they could be a part of the Oceania tournament as well? Whoever's going to be at the helm of our team, you know, we'll have to look at whatever. Be the same like the other uh, overseas teams. I think uh, we'll look at putting the best players to represent Samoa at the, uh, the Olympics. And Fali uh, Mavanga, I should say, you've obviously been appointed permanently to the role now. You've you've been there for a, a few months on an interim basis. Uh, obviously, you've wanted to stay on, and they've been happy with how you've worked. Do you? You know, you must be happy to be in the job full time. You're obviously enjoying it if you want to keep going. It's been uh, uh, interesting times and uh, it's come at a very interesting time as well. It's a real challenge and uh, I'm enjoying every moment of it. I think not only the uh, the recent All Black match, but trying to see our team go right through to the World Cup and uh, the board feels that uh, don't want to uh, give anything away, but I think uh, the momentum is there to, to continue. Uh, hopefully that uh, it can uh, bring stability back to the union and at the same time reflect on uh, what the boys are doing on the field. So I feel that uh, things are, you know, we're making some changes at the moment. We've got a lot of reforms going on at the moment and uh, and uh, the board feels that uh, they want to continue on that uh, in moving forward. The Chief Executive Officer for the Samoa Rugby Union, Fale Omavenga, Vincent Fipulua'i. Tonga battled back to beat Canada 28-18 in their Pacific Nations Cup rugby test in British Columbia. That keeps the Canadians winless after two tests. Vinnie Wiley spoke to Tonga's rugby high performance manager Peter Harding about the game. Yeah, we didn't start very well in that game, not very well at all. We took behind 15-3 and then basically we put you know 28 points on them with them just coming back with one penalty goal. It was a good result in the end, very good. And to break that duck against the Canadians, they've been a bit of a, uh, when you call it, been a bit of a bug there for us for a long time. So that's really good to get that win, yeah. And I guess when you have teams that are, you know, at a similar spot in the rankings in that sort of second tier, floating around that, you know, 10 to 15 market times, uh, you know, you want to win those games against those teams that are at a similar level, or you, you might feel you're at a at a high level, but you know, you really want to make sure that you do win those ones and you know help sort of push yourself forward. Yeah, those ranking points and rating points, a lot of people don't rate them, but they're extremely important in a lot of ways for the teams around this area. Uh, I would say probably from 7 or 8 down to 15, there's not a lot between the teams, so it's really important that we get everything right. It's important that rugby get right by giving us good officials, uh, good places to play and organisation, because in the long run, 
those points are extremely important to the um, for funding and all sorts of different things for teams around that eight to fifteen mark here. Yeah. And uh, any injury concerns coming out of the uh, Canadian match? Um, we have a, there's no serious injury concerns. We have probably um, Viliami Master got a bad knock on his shoulder. We're we're looking at that this weekend, but uh, for sorry for Wednesday's game, but you know it, it's not serious and it certainly won't affect his chances going to the World Cup. Um, people would have seen Fetu behind the collar come off, but that was a precaution, and there's really nothing serious. No. And uh, going into uh, the Canada game, Mana talked about trying to keep some uh, consistency with selection. I think four changes to the starting 15, I think it was, for that game. And, uh, you know, is it likely to see something similar again? Or, you know, I guess at this point of the season, a lot of international teams are trying to give everyone a chance to press their claims to the World Cup and have a chance to showcase their talents. Uh, is, is that consistency still important? Or is, uh, you know, a chance to maybe give some more players a run against the US? Getting the balance right is extremely hard and there's, there's every every one of the 20 teams around the world at the moment uh, trying to get the balance of winning the games they're trying to win and also looking at who they're selecting and taking to the World Cup um, because there's a quite a, uh, there's a bit of a problem for everyone. Now, the last day when the teams are meant to be in is the 31st of August for the World Cup but I would suggest that probably most of the teams around the world will, of all the 20, will be making final deliberations around this week for their final teams, you know, because um, they don't have much time before the preparation period starts in uh, basically three weeks' time, three and a half weeks' time. Yeah, because you've got this game uh, on Wednesday, then you've got the final round of the PNC, which I guess will find out who your opponent is, uh, depending on what happens midweek. Uh, and then what sort of games have you got after that? You've got a, a couple of games once you eventually get over to the UK. Yeah, we're gathering in the UK on the 15th of August for a camp. And we have a, a game against... Um, we've got a team lined up, but we just have to get it confirmed as of yet. But there's a game on the 20th of August. And then we play Romania on the 5th of September. So we, we purposely selected Romania because the first game we have in the World Cup is Georgia. And Romania play an identical style of um, football and they are the, practically the same strength. So it's going to be an ideal warm-up for our first game against Georgia, which, which we have to win, which is incredibly important. We have to win because, as you know, you have to win two of those games and come in the top three to automatically qualify for the next World Cup. Meanwhile, Pacific Nations have rung the changes for the final round robin matches in the Pacific Nations Cup, but Thonga's Mana Otai has changed up to six positions for their clash with the USA. Manu Samoa coach Stephen Beetham has made six changes to his starting side to face Canada and Toronto. Fiji's John McKee has made nine changes to his run-on side. You can find the teams for the next round of the PNC Games on our website, rnzi.com. The International Tennis Federation's Pacific Development Officer is Darren Wrighton. Vinnie Wiley caught up with Darren earlier this month in Papua New Guinea and Darren talked up the region's talent. For a lot of players who are involved here, this is a point of pride that their nation versus the other Pacific nations and that's definitely evident in the teams competition that we just finished yesterday. And uh, you know, a lot of familiar faces here are people who have been integral, long-term parts of Davis Cup, of uh, Fed Cup tournaments, and also some uh, new faces coming through. There's uh, some definite old faces uh, of people who've been the stalwarts of Pacific Tennis, 
they in turn have been supporting some of the younger generation, some new faces this year, uh, in particular a young girl from American Samoa who has been training uh, in America who took out the uh, number two seed in the women's uh, teams event. Uh, so we're looking forward to see what they, uh, what they can offer for the rest of the singles event and the doubles event. So uh, what's her name and how long has she been on the radar? So her name is uh, Kalani Solly, and she's been on the radar as we've known she's been eligible for American Samoa, but, but with her training in America, she hasn't always been available to come to other Pacific events. So she, she was born in American Samoa, but she left uh, the island uh, when she was young? Yeah, she, I think she's been training in the States for about three years now, uh, and uh, very, has a, a very good uh, ranking within the States in uh, California, I believe. We have the, the two Apisar uh, nieces, uh, they are playing for Papua New Guinea, great addition to the team. We have a, a, unique, uh, a unique team there of aunties playing with nieces, uh, the two older, uh, two older girls. One recently, uh, Abigail, recently graduated from university. Marcia, uh, I believe, in the uh, final year of university. Then we have Violet and Patricia. Uh, Violet recently won the 16 and under national doubles title in Australia. And both Violet and Patricia are highly ranked juniors within Australia. And because um, yeah, it's a very busy time, of course, for the region, um, you know, back in Fed Cup, uh, and obviously some success in Davis Cup not so long ago as well. So, uh, and uh, a, a good time for the sport. A great time for the sport. I believe this is the first time in a long time we've had Davis Cup, Fed Cup, and Junior Fed Cup. Uh, that's not forgetting that the uh, the juniors. Uh, uh, made it through the pre-qualifying stage and qualified, meaning that we don't have to do that next year. As a whole, the, the Pacific tennis, we're starting to see some people come through the ranks now, and I hope we can continue this into the future. And uh, Darren, you know, looking out at the courts here, uh, you know, what do you make of uh, what's on show? Is, is there anyone that you didn't know too well or that you've been impressed by, or is there anyone that's catching your eye? I'm impressed by the team spirit, and I'm impressed by... Uh, every country having a chance to be involved. It's nice to see some of the smaller countries that you might not imagine tennis being supported, like Tuvalu, Kiribati. And, uh, and so, I mean, obviously we're, we're well into the tennis competition now. The team's is over. We, you know, started everything else. So, you know, what are you, what are you hoping for? You know, what do you hope this, this games, this tournament here will achieve? You know, what are you hoping that everyone gets out of it? I hope this event will really show. Uh, the Pacific Nations, what a great job Papua New Guinea have done with the, uh, with the Pacific Games. I also hope that uh, visitors to the event will actually see the uh, length and depth of uh, tennis in the Pacific, the fact that we have 13 nations being represented in here. It shows each nation that it's worthwhile training and uh, there could be some surprise results. We'll have to wait to the end of the singles and doubles events uh, to, to see what happens. And uh, in two years' time, the mini-games in Vanuatu, uh, the last mini-games didn't have tennis uh, obviously, Vanuatu have a number of heavy hitters, if you will, in Oceania tennis, um, so uh, we would expect that's one of the sports, so uh, another opportunity perhaps uh, very shortly. It's a fantastic opportunity, Vanuatu. They are, uh, unfortunately, with uh, the cyclone, they're in a big rebuilding phase. It is hoped by that time they might have a new national training centre. They definitely is something, uh, a point of pride for them. They want to show the, uh, the Pacific what they can offer, and they do have a very strong tennis background. They are what, definitely one of the leading lights in uh, Pacific tennis, showing other nations what can be done. With, uh, they make the best of what they have. And of course, always uh, New Caledonia, you know, uh, you know, part of the Pacific Games, always very strong in tennis, typically uh, winning the bulk of the medals. Of course, interesting, you know, obviously they can't compete for uh, Pacific Oceania, but um, you know, it's always a good little rivalry there. There's always a, a lot of rivalry. It was very interesting this year to see uh, 
the uh, internal rivalry uh, between Tahiti and New Caledonia. I believe this year uh, Tahiti got two bronze medals, which was a, a big plus for them. It was one of their aims for this year. For all the other Pacific nations, New Caledonia, their coaching structure, their competition structure is something for us to try and emulate. And hopefully one day it won't always be New Caledonia up at the top there. This is obviously an opportunity for the countries to come together and, and all be in one place uh, for an event like this, uh, with a lot on the line for the countries and individually. Um, when's the next sort of what are the next sort of upcoming major tournaments, uh, tennis-wise, in the region? Tennis-wise, we are looking for the Pacific Oceania Junior Championships being held in the 17th of August to the 26th of August. That is where we bring the best players from our three regional championships all together. The top three players from that will be offered places on the Grand Slam Development Fund touring event that goes to Australia in December, January and April. So we're really looking forward to see some new faces this year. International Tennis Federation's Pacific Development Officer Darren Wrighting, he was speaking there to Vinnie Wiley. And that's the World in Sport for another week. Vinnie Wiley will be back next week with the programme. I'm Maura Tula Epitela. Kia koreroano.